For thousands of years, we have looked to the stars for guidance. We've used them to navigate both the world and ourselves. But somewhere along the line, we began to abandon the gift of the stars. We divided our understanding of the universe. We began to create space for science and dismissed the rest as pseudoscience. Astrology was no longer revered as an ancient practice of wisdom. Instead, it was considered to be mythical folklore driven by our imaginations. But what if our ancestors were right? What if astrology goes far beyond our horoscope? What if astrology can not only guide us, but heal us as well? Welcome to Halfway to Hippie, the podcast where we explore different topics like spirituality, alternative forms of healing, star seeds, alternate dimensions, and so much more. Hi, I'm Annette Schmidt, your host and self-proclaimed wannabe hippie who is on a mission to answer questions like, what exactly is the fifth dimension and how do we get there? Are aliens real or is it all just a government hoax? Oh, and what about psychedelics? Are they actually safe and should we be using them? So buckle up because we are taking a trip to see just how deep the rabbit hole really goes. Hello, hello, hello. Today I am hanging out with Lauren Degolia, a cosmic consultant and strategist to talk all things astrology. Now, Lauren Degolia began her career as a scientist in the pharmaceutical industry, ensuring safe manufacturing practices. A decade later, she transitioned into the luxury fashion industry as a corporate strategist and product leader. And after six successful years, Lauren decided to pursue a different type of science, and she became an astrology and business consultant. Lauren now coaches clients in group and private settings, speaks publicly, and writes for multiple outlets on her expertise. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming to hang out with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's get started by learning a little bit more about your journey and how did you discover the world of astrology? Yeah, I like to, it's a really great question. And I actually like to say that astrology found me because I wasn't actually looking for this as like a tool or a resource in my life. And um, it took some internal coaching and convincing that this was the right path for me. But in 2019, I had I was in a really toxic work environment at a luxury retailer here in Seattle. I had worked my butt off for five or six years, climbing the corporate ladder, getting promoted every you know 18 to 24 months. Um, really dedicated to my work. Had you know a family at home, but was really focused on corporate excellence. I guess I would say, and I ended up kind of. Crashing and burning is the wrong way to say it, but really like having a moment of reckoning where I had essentially felt like I had given a lot of my soul away and pieces of myself away. And, you know, there were a few things that happened. I had a me too moment. I had, you know, one of those situations where for whatever reason, my reputation was a little bit tarnished. And one day I just decided that I was done with that cycle of corporate frenzy. And I walked in, it was the 11th, it was the 4th of November. And I walked in and handed in my resignation. I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. 
that I knew I was taking my power back in that moment. And the only thing that was at top of mind, like my mantra was the universe is going to protect me. The universe has my back. And that was like the most spiritual trust I had ever had, both in myself and in something bigger than myself. And, you know, I was kind of falling apart because my work was my identity. And I found great satisfaction in, in working so hard and, and getting rewarded for that. And so I spent a good, I'd say year, uh, really figuring out who I was and what I wanted. But six weeks after leaving, I was enrolled in an astrology program. And the rest, as I like to say, is history. I started learning the basics. I really didn't know much. I had kind of tinkered in it. I had been following um, my astrology teacher for a few years. And I mean, it, to say it changed my life is an understatement. That is so crazy. So uh, how did you come across this astrology course? Because I feel like there's a big piece there too, that you just happened to enroll. And then now you have had so much success with it. Yeah. So my, um, my astrology teacher, her name is Deborah Silverman. You should go follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic. She is a psychologist. She was a psychologist first turned astrologist, which is more of like a esoteric approach to astrology, which resonates more deeply with me than kind of typical tropical or Vedic astrology. And I, she only opens her training like, or her courses like twice a year or did, I think she opens them a lot more frequently now, but yeah, she cart was open. She's like, you should, she was encouraging her followers to apply for scholarships if they needed it. Her course was like kind of brand new in 2019. And you know, just quitting my job, and we weren't really sure financially what was going to be happening. I sat on my bed in tears and completed the application and was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to just follow this gut instinct that I have. And I got approved for scholarship for the first level and then approved for scholarship for the second level, which was kind of the fast follow. And each course was about six weeks. And you get a lot of one-on-one and she has a whole course workbook and all that. And you're learning like all the complexity. Astrology is very, very complex. And then I decided like somewhere at the end of session two that I was going to register for session three. And this is all happening like mid pandemic, right? Like this is, this is early 2020, mid 20, starting to get to mid 2020. And I took session three, which is like her certification course. And now we're getting like really into the nuts and bolts of astrology and how all the geometry of it works. And I actually got to be taught by her directly and she read my chart. And I mean, it was a whole thing. So literally in a six month period, I went from knowing nothing about astrology to being trained by what I would consider a world renowned leader in the astrology space. And something clicked and shifted. And I was like, I need to do this for a living. I don't know what it's going to like, what it's going to look like or how it's going to work, but here I am and we're going to go for it. It is so inspiring how your path just unfolded like that. So let's talk about astrology then. Like you said, it can get really complex and I, I've seen astrology evolve just because I've always been interested kind of like, oh, what's my zodiac sign? And that's kind of where I started and I would always, you know, read my horoscope. But then all of a sudden going, you know, on Instagram, you see, oh, there's the sun, moon and rising. So what exactly is astrology? Because I think the popularity of it has evolved to include all these different things and it can get a little confusing. 
Yeah, it gets really confusing. And then I also like from a what is it and how does it work and how do I use it? So there's like three or four different buckets, right? It's the, hey, there's this very ancient 25 year old practice that people have been using. And how would I consider using that for myself? And then there's the like, astrology for every day. But like not every day, it's more of the trying to validate your life using astrology and like I'm not here for that I'm like there there's a lot that you can define around understanding your energy astrologically but generally speaking like I don't believe that there's a reason for every single little thing you experience and being able to tie it back to astrology and then there's like it's not even the myth debunking but it's like (laughs) gaslighting is the word that just came up but the gaslighting of what astrology is and like the dragging through the mud the proverbial mud of like this is not actually a thing and I feel like astrology especially on Instagram or social media like it's a really hard time because there is validity to it if you start with the first thing we just talked about and there is some like craziness that happens but I think like really trying to find that middle ground is important and here's my two cents on it Number one, astrology is a beautiful dance between understanding your energy from an artistic perspective, like how it shows up in your everyday life, and then a timing perspective or a science perspective. And that has to do with where the planets are at different places up in the heavens in relation to where the planets were the day that you were born. And that's kind of your energetic dance that you do with this life. What I love most about astrology and kind of how my teacher taught me is like your soul made a contract before it came into this life. Like you have a mission, you have a purpose, there's specific timing and events that are going to happen in your life. I don't know as your astrologist, like what those are, but I can tell you with some certainty, like when you're going to experience energetic spikes or shifts and that can be really helpful in understanding your path and your journey and where you're wanting to go. Now, if we link back to my story for a hot second, I have very significant events in my astrological chart that tie back to when I left my corporate career, that tie back to some of the confusion and some of the really challenging time that I experienced between 2019 and and really towards the beginning up up till the beginning of 2021. So it was about an 18 month period for me. And there are all different seasons and cycles that me as an astrologist talk about with my clients about like, hey, you're going through this unique season. This is the energy you have access to. Like, let's figure out how to work with that. And so my whole point of view is about really understanding those different seasons and cycles giving you strategies. It's why I call myself a cosmic consultant is because I really want to help give you strategies that are unique to you and your experience with the energy that you have access to. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, that's uh, so interesting. You say that you want to give strategies versus you're not trying to tell someone their fortune, right? Like you're not trying to predict their future or tell them what to do. And I think it's so much more important though that we're given strategies because that way we can learn how to cope and like that way we can enjoy the journey too. I know as much as we want to know exactly all the details, it's kind of nice to be surprised sometimes, right? Yeah. And I can give you little insights like, Hey, there's relationship stuff going on for you right now. Like you're probably going to want to spend some time looking a little bit harder at your relationships or Hey, like there's a possibility of moving either like your home or your job 
there might be seasons where you have past trauma that come up a little bit more poignantly. And those are the kinds of things that I think are really helpful. If somebody in the beginning of 2019 would have been like, hey, this is going to be a really challenging year for you energetically. And it's really important that you start honing in on some of these emotional skills or you know, learning more about yourself, so self-growth tools, I would have been like, oh, is there a book I can read? Is there some rituals or some practices that I can start that are going to help me get in tune? Like, I may have made a different decision. I know I would have made a different decision. And while I'm not, I don't look back and are like, oh, I have resentment that I made the decision I made. Absolutely not. But I think that when you choose when you learn to choose a higher path using the energy that you have access to, like you feel so much more empowered. I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Let's take a moment to then to talk about some of the myths, because I know you just said there earlier how astrology can kind of get drugged through the mud. So Mm -hmm. what are some of the astrology myths that you just wish would be laid out to us? Yeah. So I think just, there's just kind of one that always stands out to me. And, you know, if you've, have you ever studied the Enneagram, Annette? So I haven't studied it, but I've heard of it. And then for me, I got overly complicated because I'm like, wait, you either are this or you aren't this. Right. And they're like, oh no, you can flow. And I'm like, okay, I can't. I can't right now. Yeah. yeah. You're like, no, I just want to be assigned. Yes. Assign me one thing so I can be that thing. So astrology, very similar kind of concept where there's some scales with the Enneagram where they have, if you're an Enneagram three and really any number, but it's kind of like what I like to refer to as lowest path versus highest path. And it's like the scale of evolution being an Enneagram three, for example. And I don't exactly know the characteristics of an Enneagram three, but I would say that, you know, there's kind of that, hey, you have a lot more to learn here at the bottom of the scale. And at the top of the scale, it's like you're starting to really identify with how these characteristics work from a really healthy perspective or point of view, and you're able to see things kind of in a different light. The same thing goes for astrology, where, you know, if you're a Capricorn that is burning yourself out in corporate America and doesn't have a good work-life balance, wants, you know, is very risk adverse, maybe even to a point of paralysis, that's a Capricorn that has some stuff to learn. You have an opportunity to really look at those different parts and perspectives of your life and see where you need to create some more space for yourself. And this is where I think we do astrology a disservice in terms of its credibility by only focusing on those lower level energies within these signs. And so your sun sign, we'll just cover you for a second. Your sun sign is Gemini. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the lowest level sign of a Gemini is someone who's two-faced. And so people always say, oh, you're a Gemini, like you must be two-faced. And we characterize people that way. And you kind of take that on the heart a little bit, right? And you're like, but I'm not two-faced. And I feel like that's the piece where it's just like, it doesn't take into account that unique personal perspective of where Annette is on her journey. And she probably at some point maybe was two-faced maybe to some people, but she's likely grown and is continuing to evolve because that's part of your journey as my journey is very similar. Everyone's journey is very similar. And I think the more that we like try and 
generalize things, like the more disservice we do to humanity, because each of us, and it's reflected in our natal chart, each of us has a unique combination of energies that make up who we are. And the more that we learn to understand those things, the easier it is for us to continue to grow and expand and evolve. But when we're continually faced with these generalities of these different signs that we have, it like does the exact opposite of what the intention behind all of this is. You know, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I swear every time I scroll Instagram, I feel like I see those low level energies on memes and everything. And I was actually, I'm so glad you brought it up because I was going to ask you about that. Because I feel like for some reason, what came to mind when you were talking was it's like the toxic traits. You see like the memes of like, oh, when you date a Gemini, right? Or when you date a, you know, um, Aquarius, it's just all of these different things that just kind of, it's funny. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I laugh. It's totally funny. Yes. Humor is important. But when you're thinking about using this as a tool, because you also know in that same breath that people are using this to change their life, right? So it's like, then it becomes your brain is confused and it's like, well, but I think that I'm this, as you called it, and I loved it. I think that I might be part of this toxic trait. And I don't want that. Like you immediately go, I don't want to be associated with that. But then you're also like, but wait, people are using this and it's so profound. And so it just, it breeds a whole different level of confusion, which is why I don't post any of that kind of stuff on my page, because I'm like, I want people to understand that they have an individual unique journey. And when they get to understand that journey for themselves in a way that gives themselves permission to explore it, because you likely have had instances like I have been the workaholic Capricorn sun that I am. I have been the oversensitive Pisces moon like I am. And yet I didn't get the space to explore that because, you know, you just get characterized and then you're like, I don't, that's not helpful to me. Like, give me something that I can actually use here. Yes, exactly. So let's go ahead then and dive into the charts, the natal charts. So you brought that up. Yeah. And I know you printed mine off. I want to make sure to give listeners a chance to go ahead and get their chart so they can follow along um, the best they can with theirs. So where can listeners grab a chart real quick? Yeah. So the easiest place, I mean, you can pull them on apps like Pattern or CoStar or any of those. My teacher is super old school and I appreciate that about her. I like astro.com. You can set up a free account and just pull a general natal chart. And then you actually see like the whole pie looking chart and all the different um, symbols and where things are falling in what houses. I have found that the charts that have like the linear house delineation are really unhelpful in seeing like how everything connects. It's nice to have a visual representation because as you have seen in your chart that I sent you yesterday, like you have a lot going on here, sister. Like, and it's a cool chart. Like it's a really cool chart. I saw that and I am not going to lie to you. My, I instantly was like, oh, it looks like so much chaos. And that's honestly though, how I feel like my life is sometimes. I feel like there's all these things going in different directions and I'm like, okay, where do I go? How do I follow? And you know, like what is going on? So it's, yeah. it's interesting that you say my, well, and the hard part is you want to understand all of it too, right? Like you want to understand everything. And you're like, Oh my God, I feel so vulnerable. Like Lauren is seeing me in a different way. She's going to judge me. And the beautiful thing about astrology and what I love about the spirit, just, I would say the majority of the spiritual community 
is that if you are in the right frequency of being open to receiving this kind of information, 99.9% of it is going to be received judgment-free. Like people just want to accept you for who you are. And that was such a radical shift for me going through this transformation that I just went through. But your chart is awesome. Like you have uh, some signatures in here. I like to call them cosmic signatures in your chart. And like I mentioned, it's all about geometry um, and understanding timing. So each and every one of these characters you have on your chart has a different significance around um, the timing of your life. And if we decide at some point to do a full reading, I would, of course, talk with you about when exactly your chart was activated, what was going on there. You actually, now that I'm looking at your chart again, I see you also have a blue rectangle on your chart. So you have a blue triangle, you have a blue rectangle, you have what's called a kite. Um, and each of those just allow the energies within your chart to work a little bit differently together. And in some cases, it amplifies really great characteristics. And in some cases, it amplifies characteristics that need some attention. But I think the biggest thing for people who are just learning this practice is to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm supposed to learn step number one here. Like, what can I learn that's just the basic thing? And so when you pull your chart on astro.com, there's really three things I want you to look at to start. And that is the thing that looks like a donut is the sun. So it literally looks like a, a glazed donut, a circle donut. Yours is in Gemini. So typical Gemini characteristics are, first of all, Gemini is an air sign. So it's all about communication, storytelling. Are you a really great storyteller? It's so funny. I'm a, I'm a creative fiction writer. And I, I've done that since, uh -huh. since childhood. Like, I think that's just how I coped with things uh -huh. was I wrote. And it's interesting because my teachers would joke and say, you know, all of you guys, we tell you, you have to write more. And Annette's the only one we have to say, please write less. <laughs> so that was You're like, I have five pages in <laughs> exactly. on a one page assignment. Yeah. So you have a lot of information that probably like downloads. You also just general characteristic of yours you have so much access to crazy, amazing water in this chart. Like you see feelings, you eat feelings for breakfast. As I like to say, like, it's a thing. And in some ways that's really beautiful and lovely. And you appreciate that side of yourself. And in some ways you probably feel really sensitive about things and you're not quite sure where that comes from. So again, it's like understanding it's not even a bind, but it's a dance between like, wow, I'm given these characteristics and this gift but it also is one of the harder pieces of, of who I am. And I don't really understand it. That is so true. And I like to say, so I know, I've, I didn't say everybody, but I know a lot of people say that they're empathic. And even, so it's interesting that you say that because mm -hmm. I don't, I definitely empathize with people, like 100% empathize, but I almost feel like I can, I penetrate people more and then like affect their feelings. And I'm, you know what I mean? So I definitely, I don't know if that's a thing, but I definitely feel like an energy penetrator. No, no, your sun is in the eighth house of Scorpio. So, and then your moon is in Pisces in the fourth house of Cancer. So you have like water on water, which I would not be surprised to hear you say, like, I absorb a lot of people's feelings or I can influence people emotionally in a really uh, significant way. You know, you've probably seen a lot of emotional turmoil in your life and felt it and not quite sure where that comes from. In fact, I would imagine with this amount of water, like, 
You might even get really frustrated when you haven't had a lot of time to emotionally recharge yourself because that's one thing where it's like when water signs don't have space to like take a breath and like give themselves back the energy that they need. It's a problem. (laughs) Just say it's a problem. But you also have earth and earth in your chart is going to help you feel super grounded. You have a lot of planets in earth. You know, you have a lot of planets in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus, which is all about love. So you're a super loyal person, both probably professionally. In fact, you probably have stayed in jobs way longer than you probably should have because you're like, I am loyal to a fault. You also love like comfort and coziness and like, you know, being at home, having a quiet Friday night is probably 100% your jam. And so your sun sign, again, Gemini, I love Gemini energy. I think the highest road or the the least toxic, if we do that kind of scale, but the highest road of Gemini is really like learning to be flexible. Geminis are always consuming information. So where are you getting, like, what do you love to consume in terms of knowledge? Where do you go for that? What, how do you do that? Oh gosh, anywhere. So, I mean, anywhere you like for me, I, and I've always been a very good student because I'm, I've always said, I'm just very resourceful. Like if I need to find something, I just go and go and go to all these different avenues. I reach out to people until I find it. Um, So where do I go for information? I would say, yeah, books, videos, Instagram, like I'll go to like Reddit feeds. Like I will go, and hence this podcast, I will go down the rabbit hole to get to what I'm trying to find. Love it. And then your moon is in Pisces in the fourth house of cancer. So that to me is like someone who's super creative, idealistic. You're going to try and find the best part of any situation, even though it feels emotionally wrecking, like very challenging. You're also really deeply feeling. I really dislike the term highly sensitive. I think that is one of those like more toxic. Oh, you're, you know, you're highly sensitive. I have to be so careful around you. Like, no, dude, I can just feel a lot more authentically than you can. Sorry. (laughs) But that is like, you're going to take things harder than some people. Someone who has an Aries moon, like they don't care. They, They can be like, oh, great. That's how you feel. Let's move on. Uh, earth moon also same thing but pisces moon and i really resonate with this because i have a pisces moon like we take on a lot more of you know reading the room and how's everyone feeling and how do i feel and in some ways that's a hard thing to navigate and in other ways it's like it really helps you connect with other people in a really beautiful way yeah i I would agree with that because i almost sometimes will take stuff on like other people's feelings as a responsibility. And then the rejection, oh my gosh, I don't know why. I wish I had I, I wish That's I had an Aries hard. moon then sometimes where I could just be yeah. like you do not okay, wish you I had an Aries moon, okay. I promise you. <laughs> Aries moons out there, we love you. Yeah, we do. Aries moons, if you're listening, like the biggest lesson of an Aries moon is to just learn to say I'm sorry. Like you get to get fiery and spicy and like whatever anger needs to come out or frustration needs to come out. It's totally cool. I get you. I see you, but not everyone handles everything like that. So just be like, Hey, sorry, I got mad. Let's what needs, what do we need to need to fix this? And then let's move on together. I was talking to an Aries moon last night. Sorry, sidebar. And she's like, you know, you sent me my stuff over Instagram the other night and Um, I showed my husband like your write-up of my Aries moon and how it's spicy. I always like to say it kind of nicely, like put the nice lens on it of like, yeah, you're kind of spicy. She's like, 
I totally slam doors, Lauren. Like I 100% like slam them as hard as I can. And she's like, in some cases, the little fracture line of the wood of the door jam, like I'm like, mm-hmm. I get you girl. Like I see you. It's fine. But I don't know, maybe be like, Hey, sorry, mom slammed the door so hard. It shook the whole house. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? My mom is an Aries moon. So Think about having a Pisces moon and being super sensitive and having a mom with an Aries moon that gets really mad and then feels better. And you're still over here in Emotionsville going, oh my God, she hates me. She's never going to love me again. Like all these thoughts and feelings that go on with having this super emotional moon sign and she's already moved on. And it's like, that's where you get to start understanding relationship dynamic in a whole different way. Cause you're like, oh mom. I get you now. I get you that you need to like spout off and be angry. And then you're going to feel better, even though maybe I'm not feeling better yet. I think after this, I'm definitely going to look up, not my mom's, but my husband's. I really am curious now to see what his chart is. And then, so this makes me wonder though, what your thoughts are, because I've seen TikToks about this where people talk about, so not only looking up their kids' um, natal charts, but also they talk about waiting to try and have a baby during like a certain season or (laughs) during a certain time, or even um, basing your significant other and your relationship. So for me, I'm already married, right? Like I'm not going to look up his chart and be like, oh, we're not compatible. We got to start over. But for people who are single looking for their spouse and they ask for, you know, the spouse's name, date of birth, all of that stuff to base their compatibility on it. What is your thoughts on, is that, is that going a little too far or do you think there's some, I mean, I think that that's kind of front loading some pressure into the relationship, right? Like you're setting an expectation. I think you can put an intention out there that you would like a, a partner that complements your energy. Like if we're talking about manifesting love or a really authentic relationship. I think putting the intention out there that you're going to find someone that really complements your energy and is going to meet your needs in the way that you need your needs met at this point in your life, a hundred percent understand basic astrology, really get to know just like general characteristics of each sign, and then really start to focus and call in like, What kind of energy would you like in a partner without it being like a codependent thing? Like, oh, in your case, let's say you don't have a lot of fire in your chart. In fact, you have one sign, which it is significant. You have Mars in Aries, which is like double fire. It's in its native sign. So there's something about you that loves to be seen. There's something about you that you have a spicy side to you. We'll just, we'll just call it that. But generally speaking, you probably need some more fire in your life. You don't need to be calling in, oh, I have to have a fire sign in my life. Like, that's not the thing. You need to call in, like, the general person and the general, you know, you could call it twin flame, but it's really just, like, send me the person that I need at this point in my journey. Have them energetically align with them. I think people who are trying to, like, control the birth of a child or the timing of a relationship, you need to let the universe do its job here, friends. Kids, like I mentioned when we started, their souls have contracts that were made way before you even realized that astrology was a thing. So letting it all naturally unfold is going to be so much more enjoyable than being like, I need to have a Sagittarius baby 
because they're going to be fun and adventuresome and really be into telling the truth. So they're never going to lie to me. And they need to have this moon sign because it's super complimentary, like too much, too much. You need to keep it simple. It's funny you um, say that because I have a Sagittarius baby and a Virgo husband. A Virgo husband. That's actually kind of a nice. I it, We compliment each other. I could definitely see you with a Virgo. Like you don't, although your midheaven is in Virgo. So what did you do before this? What was your career? So as much as I wish it would have been in communication and writing and that artistic stuff, my actual... Mm -hmm. Something with numbers. It was. My actual career before this for 10 years was in finance. I was a financial advisor and then I worked with investment. Well, I worked with investment products the entire time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Something with numbers. I mean, it's just, it's, you're wicked good at numbers. I can tell you that 100%. Yeah. I'd like to think I was good at my job, so... (laughs) Yeah, maybe OCD about it a little bit. Just a little, just a smidge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then your rising sign is Scorpio. And to me, a Scorpio rising that has this much water in her chart is really like understanding your healing gifts, like really tapping in because sister, you, you have healing gifts, whether you know it or not. And I don't know what that means to you yet. Maybe you can tell me, but they're there. Okay. Okay. I'll share it. I'll, I'll get really vulnerable here. So it's so interesting. You say that because it's 1144 right now. We started this podcast. I looked at the clock. It was 1111. And right before, literally right before we hopped on, I decided to do a YouTube video and I was talking about shamans and how people underwent and learned that they were healers. I'm not saying that I think I am, but I'm just saying that it's interesting that that kind of came along right before our podcast. So here's the funny thing. Like Someone told me when I first started down this path that I was a healer too. And I was like, you're full of it. I don't believe you. And I can tell you with all certainty now, a year and a half later, I am 100% a healer. And the sooner I stepped into that power, the better my life became. Like the more empowered I felt to show up in my authentic energy every single day. And so I don't know what healing means to you. Like healing may be your words, the way that you share your story. It may be the way that you connect people like me on a podcast or on a YouTube channel, but you have a crazy intuition. You cannot have this much water in your chart and not have a crazy intuition. So if it were me in your seat, trying to figure out like what my healing skills were, it would be like starting to really tune into my intuition and trusting it and relying on it and see where it takes me. I'm so happy though, that you mentioned too, how healing was to you. Cause I think like when I said it initially, like I was like, oh, I don't think I'm a shaman, but I think that's what we think of when we think of healing is we think of like a medicine man or medicine woman. And it's interesting that you said that because I'm like, I could totally see myself trying to give to the world through storytelling and helping people really either escape from the world through creative like fiction or helping people see themselves in the stories that I tell, if that makes sense, or in this podcast as well. Like I want to share stories with the world so people can relate and go on their own journey along with me as I'm going down each and every topic in each episode. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. So that way listeners, if they think they're a healer, they can step into that more authentically than thinking that it has to fit into like this little box of what we may think or have a, you know, free idea of. Yeah, I mean, healing has a whole bunch of different faces, right? And I think that that generalization, again, back to kind of top of the morning conversation that we had here was like, 
it only looks one way. It doesn't, it doesn't look one way. And I would actually say with, you know, the whole, if you think you're a healer, I would actually say, if you just thought there's no way that I'm a healer, you're a healer. And here's why. I resisted my woo side for so long. I remember sitting in therapy. It's got to be like three or half, three and a half or four years ago. And I was telling my therapist like a story about something that had happened at work or something that had happened in my life. And I was like, oh, but that's too woo-woo or something. And she totally called me out. Now, my therapist is is not any sort of spiritual person. Like she's a standard I would call her a standard general generalist in terms of therapy. She's amazing at her work, but truly like she was, she pushed back. She's like, why do you discount it that way, Lauren? Like, why are you actually undermining it as being woo woo when it's actually something that happened in your life that was for the better and helped you understand something in a different way? Like, why would you do that? When in fact, if you accepted it for what it was, as an opportunity to learn something like you're going to grow a whole lot more with the acceptance rather than the rejection. And I didn't really understand where that was taking me at that moment in time, but truly like the more I started leaning into that thing that I was resisting so hard, it was the thing that set me free. So listeners, this is your sign. Lean into that thing that you're resisting. I'm telling you, right? We've had the angel numbers. Is that sign? Lean into it. So for Anyone who's looking at their chart right now, can you just kind of go over some of the basics that they want to look at? Like, I know there's, and I I don't know which part it is on the chart when looking at it, but I've heard there's like houses. I think you said houses. And then there's the sun, moon, and rising. Mm -hmm. So what are like the key things that listeners should be looking for? I'm so glad you asked and I'm going to cover that, but I'm also going to tell you in the next few weeks and speaking of numbers and numerology, I'm launching my course on 101021, and it is going to teach you astrology basics in under an hour. And what it's going to start with is your big three. I feel like if people understand the basics of their big three, which I would also at some point, maybe not as I launch this, but at some point in this course, it will give you a template so that you can capture that big three Um, somewhere on a device or in your house so that you can really start referring back to this. But let's cover what the big three is before we get too much further. So your sun sign, also known as your horoscope sign, is masculine energy, all about how uh, the world sees you, how you show up every day. It's how you identify with the world outside. So it's that externally facing energy. So people resonate with you, Annette, as a Gemini. Like they're like, oh yeah, she's super friendly. She tells great stories. You know, she communicates a lot. Maybe she changes her mind from time to time about things, but I can always rely on her to have really great information. Your moon sign is your emotional body. And this is where as women, um, and I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but anywhere between, I would say 30-ish and upwards of like late 50s, early 60s, like If you don't know your moon sign, please, please, please go out and find it. This is going to give you so much empowerment about how you've processed your emotions your entire life, what you have needed to resolve emotional stress or trauma, 
or chaos, how you've coped with things, you know, what you need in a partner or what you would desire in a partner, your love language of sorts. Um, you know, once my partner, my husband understood my moon sign, it was like the game changed in our relationship. And I've been married for 16 and a half years. Um, we have been together for 22 years, almost 20, 22 years. And so this was like, this happened two years ago. So imagine if he, we understood each other's moons 20 years ago, where our relationship would, would be. But this is where like, you can't express that until you understand that part about you. You can't go to your husband and be like, hey, I'm a Pisces moon and I need you to show up this way for me. No, 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 no. The work is like, I'm a Pisces moon. I know I take things super personally sometimes. I know it takes me a long time to be able to get over something emotionally. Like I need to be able to sit with it and process it. I know that I'm sometimes so upset that I can't get my words out. It takes me a second. And sometimes I'm not able to sit and have a conversation about something because I'm so upset and I can't like, we can't find resolution. When I started understanding all those things and the patterns of how things have gone down over the course of our relationship, like it changed the relationship with how I show up for myself. And then it changed my relationship and how my partner showed up for me. That is so, that is such a good advice too, because I, when you were talking there, what I basically, in my mind, what I heard was basically your moon sign is kind of like your shadow. Like when you think of like shadow work and I, I haven't personally done dug deep into shadow work yet. So it's more of a terminology I've heard come up, but that, I don't know why that's what resonated with me as you were saying that. It can be, right? It's definitely how you have coped with things. It's definitely how you've shown up emotionally. And I feel like when you start to understand, so my Pisces moon sister, when you start to look back on your life and you're like, where are things that I just haven't been able to let go? What am I still holding on to? What do I still feel so deeply hurt by in your life? I'm sure that there's a lot. I'm sure that there's, especially because your moon is in cancer. So you remember events in your life based on how they made you feel. So if I were to say to you, like, if you think back to one of those really painful events that maybe felt really traumatizing for you, like, and then sat with your emotions and how you still feel about them, and then maybe showed up and said, what does that younger version of yourself need? Like, how do you need to start? showing up for her and forgiving her and embracing her, that's where your shadow work really starts to level up. That's how you really start like tuning in to like, oh, I have the power to heal myself by myself without needing anyone else to validate me. I can learn how to validate myself. And the game changes. Oh, that is insane. Yes. I feel like that's such a great place to start though. So for anyone who's listening, who doesn't have a Pisces moon, I mean, they can do the same. It's the same concept, right? Like they can look up their zodiacs. I see zodiac sign. I may be doing the same as wrong. They can look up their sign. No, you can say zodiac sign. Okay. They look up their zodiac sign for the moon and then those traits, that's how they can apply how they need to look at, you know, internally look inside how they're handling things emotionally, right? Is, am I saying that right? Yeah. So I would say, let's say you're a Taurus moon, because you have a lot of uh, Taurian energy in your tar- chart too. So Taurus moon, super loyal, someone who, you know, is probably a little bit stubborn, 
um, which we all have a level of stubbornness, but like when a tourist moon doesn't want to do something like they're not going to do it. Um, they might end up feeling stuck in some areas of their life. It's really understanding, like taking those characteristics and almost doing an inventory of your life and being like, okay, where am I still feeling like this energy ha is it hasn't moved, isn't moving? And where do I want to feel a little bit more free? And then giving yourself permission to be like, okay, I can see that I made a decision or that something in my life happened that I maybe didn't have control over that I now need to go back and give myself some grace and be able to embrace myself in a different way because I didn't, I didn't know better. Like that's the beautiful thing about astrology. It gives you permission to be yourself and accept every little nook and cranny, whether it feels quote unquote good or bad, because there's really no good or bad. It is what it is. And learning how to navigate that energy differently. I love that so much. So what's the, so, okay. So was that yeah. two of the basics? That was two. So the rising sign, and this is what I call like your growth edge. And you're going to see, I just want to take a little sidebar here. There are going to be so many different translations of what astrology is. And I think that's why social media almost does a disservice because it's like some people tell you a rising sign is a different thing. You get to decide what astrology means for you in your life. Like that's the beautiful thing about, so you can take my definition or you can go find someone else's definition and that might resonate more clearly with you. But I like to call it your growth edge. And when you understand the characteristics of your rising sign and how they show up in your life and you want to continue to grow, evolve, expand, then you start leaning into those signs. And it's beautiful how it comes back to what we just talked about, about you being a healer. It's like, maybe you're going to start sitting with what being a healer in your life looks like for you yourself. And then maybe externally on the outside. But the more that you explore that, the more that you like start turning the rocks over and being like, oh, these are some of the patterns and some of the themes that have come up in my life. And be curious, like there's some curiosity here. Uh, about where you want to go and how you want to continue to grow. Like it's going to take you on a journey that you never even really recognize until you're already kind of through it. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to ask about my rising sign because I remember you said Scorpio. And the reason I remember that so specifically is because Scorpio, I feel like has the most toxic traits out there in social media. I don't know why, but every time people are like, oh, a Scorpio. I even remember when I was pregnant, he was on the cusp of being a Scorpio or a Sagittarius. And I was at work and they, someone had asked me and they're like, oh my gosh, you might have a Scorpio. Like, I was like, what's wrong with a Scorpio? So could you share just a little bit about the rising sign as a Scorpio? Because I want to hear some of the positive traits. And so that way all our Scorpios listening can hear how awesome they are too. Yeah. So first of all, first, yeah, if you're a Scorpio, like, I love you. I have more Scorpio friends than I've ever had in my life. Like a truly healed Scorpio soul is one of the most transformational souls on the face of this planet. So I think you're 100% right. Scorpio totally gets a bad rap. Aquarius, I think, also gets a super bad rap. Gemini, I think y'all get a fairly, I mean, all of us get bad raps, right? Like I'm a Capricorn sun and I get a bad rap for being a workaholic and I totally can be a workaholic. Here's the beautiful thing about a Scorpio. Number one, they don't want to have small talk. They don't want to talk about the weather. They don't want to hear like what you made for dinner last night or what your workout plan is like they want to they want to see your soul 100% someone who's like really tuned into their Scorpio superpowers wants to like really see you really get with you really connect with you like that's what their MO is. 
they have a crazy ability uh, to focus. Their power to focus on something it surpasses anyone else, in my opinion, in the Zodiac. So if you think about someone who is like that deep transformational water, which Scorpio is ruled by the planet Pluto, which you happen to have Pluto in Scorpio in the 12th house in your chart. So there's there's access to afterlife stuff. I wouldn't be surprised based on your chart. Sorry, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I would be surprised in your chart if you have like crazy dream cycles or... Oh my gosh, yes. I've had dreams and I'm like, oh gosh, deja vu. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your Scorpio. That's your Scorpio energy sister in the 12th house. So it's like, there are insights that Scorpio friends have that no one else in the Zodiac has because it's so much more intense than any other water sign, in my opinion. And then think about starting to like pair them up. So it's like, okay, Scorpio, Pluto and Scorpio in the 12th house. That's where your dream world and this transformational energy collide. And then once you kind of start to unlock those patterns together, you're like, oh my God, this is where it shows up. And this is now where I can start looking for insights from the universe that are going to help guide me to where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. Oh, that is so amazing. Okay. So talking about guiding us from where we're supposed to go, I think this comes up a lot. How can someone use their chart to to help determine what their purpose is? And I just did purpose in quotes because I think that, again, this, we need to be careful. It's not saying like, what is my career that I should be doing? Like the exact, but like the general idea of what like our purpose in life is. How can we use our chart to help us guide, guide us there? Yeah. So this is just coming directly off the top, but I believe that your purpose un ravels itself or unfolds itself in front of you the moment that you start trusting yourself in the universe to guide you to where you're supposed to go. I can't tell you what your purpose is. I can tell you that you are here to share stories, to understand feelings, and to tap into that healing side of yourself. Your purpose is probably some sort of intersection of those things together. I don't have an exact an exact answer for that. But the more that you learn how to choose the highest road of those signs, and again, that's just your big three, we haven't talked about anything else in your life, that you give yourself permission to be who you authentically are, like your purpose then becomes in complete alignment with that thing. And you feel filled up every single day doing whatever it is that your soul needs you to. I do love that. As much as part of me is like, I want more though. I mean, the intersection between the three, I think I can, I can live with that because all of those resonate like for me. So like a storytelling, all of that resonates. So let's talk about some more of the, is it, is the moon a cosmic planet, the cosmic planets? It's a constellation. My, my husband does not allow me to call it a planet, even though I'm like, have you seen it? It looks like a planet out there, but Technically, it's a constellation, yes. Okay, so let's talk about the constellation, though. So I want to talk about the moon as far as, like, the full versus new moon and how can we use those energies. So because I see all these rituals, and again, on Instagram, right? It's so flashy, so pretty, and you're using moon water. And I'm like, but what do I do do with this? So first of all, did you just download my free I did. energy guide? You- I did. And I actually, I want to make sure. Okay. So listeners, if you haven't, so one of my questions was going to be, how do you track all of these dates? And then I 
I swear it was like perfect because then I went on your page just to like go through your stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, it tracks it for me. Your energy guide is amazing. It gives me all the dates, what the moon is in, what the like energy, like as far as like the theme is. But this way, I because I can't remember. And like, I'll see it come up on Instagram and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's how I know it's Mercury retrograde. Or that's how I know it's a new moon, like right? Like it's Instagram, but you're, oh, and there's journaling. So it's free, everybody. So if <laughs> and it's free so um yes so it's on lauren's instagram i'll make sure to put a link as well but i i love it it's so in-depth so planned well planned i'm gonna do that every quarter so here's my take on the moon too because it also feels super confusing right like what am i supposed to do and this just goes back to kind of the theme we've been talking about through this whole podcast which is I don't know exactly how you work with the moon. It's your job to figure that out. But what I will tell you is the two moon cycles that I love to tune into, and there are eight total, each of them have a different energy associated with them where you can take different action. Personally, I do not have time for that. I know you do not have time for that. There are some people on this planet that do have time for that, and I honor that that is their journey and good for them. But I love working with the full moon and the new moon because it is like little cosmic bookmarks that allow us to just check in with ourselves every couple of weeks make some some small adjustments and then continue on without having to feel like oh my god I have to stop do this big long ritual this big long ceremony if I didn't do it I'm not you know I don't have good energetic hygiene like no I am completely changing how people are going to work with this energy that is my mission in this life because I have tons of Virgo just like you do in my chart I have I have way more than you do though so I'm here to bring new frameworks to this life and um two things I want you to walk away with from this podcast knowing about the moon number one the new moon is where everything is dark you don't see the moon happens once a month, about every 28 to 29 days. Uh, For all your women listeners, the moon cycles actually completely align with our period or our menstrual cycles. And the more that you understand that about yourself, it completely changes your life. But we'll do that on another podcast, my friend. Um, So the new moon is all about like being reflective, going inward. The dark moon is like quiet time. Um, so you may even start to notice, and I noticed this about certain friends, especially water signs. So my, one of my Scorpio friends, like if I reach out to her on the week of the new moon, my guess is that she's not going to ever respond to me because she is literally like feeling all the things. And I honor that about her, but for the general person, like that is a great time to set an intention to get really clear on what you want to focus in. What do you want to invite in? intentions, I want to also debunk this myth, intentions and goals are not the same thing. Okay. We're sold that a little bit on Instagram that an intention is a goal. And the universe is not here for our checklists, right? The universe is here for how we want to embody certain things in our life so that it can deliver the things that we want that we are showing up and embodying every day. So an intention is about what do you want to embody? Now, there are likely goals and things that you need to shift in your life to allow yourself to embody those things in a more authentic or deep way. But generally speaking, like an intention is an embodiment of whatever new frequency, energy, uh, way of living that you want to adopt in your life. So focusing on that once a month, super powerful. 
I believe and in my guide, you will see that you can capture that in five minutes or less. Where are you at? What are you doing? What do you need? What do you need to embody? What do you want to embody? How are you feeling today that you don't want to feel? Like super easy to capture that. Yeah. The questions on your guide are very straightforward and easy. Like it's not something you have to overthink about. And I think with journaling in general, you, I personally, again, maybe just be my writer side, but you should just like brain dump, like whatever comes to you, like you should just, yeah. it shouldn't feel hard when you journal. And no. again, that might just be me. Cause I feel like writing <laughs> doesn't, I just write, but it's like, well, I'm a scientist by, by oh, trade. So writing to me, like, and I wasn't really great. Yeah, I went, I was going to be a doctor when I grew up. Like that was my, that was my whole thing. And actually I was going to be a veterinarian first, which is totally my cancer rising. Um, and then I went to my first animal science class and passed it. And I'm like, I can't, this is too much raw animal yeah. life for me. Like, I need to go back to the puppies and kittens version of, of animal life. And so then I was going to be a doctor because I'm like, well, I could do it for humans because I have less empathy for them. But <laughs> funny that I'm now an astrologist, <laughs> but that has all evolved. But then I ended up in pharmaceutical manufacturing and then I ended up working in North, uh, luxury retail and all that. So I've had a journey just like most people have. But yeah, any moon ritual doesn't have to last longer than five minutes. And a super easy way to work with any moon cycle is light a candle do some incense or Palo or Sage, like give yourself a little bit of a sacred space and then capture your stuff and then close the book and then try and remind yourself in the two weeks between whatever moon cycle you're in to the next one, like tap into that energy, tap into that embodiment that you're wanting to make and watch how your life changes. It's the little things, friends, not the big things. Oh, I love that so much. I mean, says the woman who still has moon water sitting outside from like four months ago. Yeah. Just because I was. Well, go drink it. Think of how powerful it is now. Go drink right? it. It's been there for a couple moons. I was like, oh, no. So then the full moon, we didn't talk about the full moon. So let's cover that real quick. Full moon is all about gratitude celebration. So that same Scorpio friend that's super quiet on the new moon, she's super rowdy on the full moon. And most of us are. I actually notice I get the most followers around the full moon because the energy shifts. Like we're open to being more connected, to being more um, <clears throat> communicative. And so the thing with working with the full moon is all about gratitude. It's about celebrating like those little wins. And that's why I love the two-week window because you set an intention two weeks previously. You can celebrate even if it's like this little tiny iota of a thing, whatever happened in the last two weeks. And that feels like success instead of being like, oh, I'm going to wait for the next four to six weeks until the next moon cycle comes through. And you're like, oh, nothing really happened when in actuality, like stuff did, if you're actually really tuning into the frequency of what you're trying to embody. So. Absolutely. Okay. So before I let you go, where, if people want to get more information about astrology and, you know, the full moon, new moon, all of that information, or if they want a reading from you, where can they learn more about you? Where can they find you, follow you? So they can follow me. I just started a TikTok account at laurend.astrology on TikTok or Instagram, not really on Facebook. Um, you can hit my website at laurendegolia.com. I'll let you put that in the show notes just so that people don't have to write that down right now. 
And I offer free 15-minute cosmic consults to anyone interested in knowing their big three and the basic characteristics of those big three. Uh, and if you feel it kind of gives people an understanding of how to work with me, what my style is, I like to treat astrology as a super practical tool instead of, again, this silver bullet that's going to solve your whole life. Um, it's like the Enneagram. It's like the strength finders. It's like any other self-growth tool you've ever used in your life. And so you can register for that on my website through my Instagram account. I'd love to connect with you. I love making new friends. And if you decide that you don't want a full reading, like totally cool. I will tell you most people who have had readings with me, like they end up finding insights about themselves that take them on a different, a different journey. And I, that is what I'm here for. I'm here to help you figure out like, what's the next step of that journey for yourself. Yeah, I'll definitely say even from, I can't believe you give out the 15 minutes for free. Don't, don't stop doing that. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, oh my goodness, because even our time spent here today and the little bits and pieces that you told me, like, I do feel like I have so much more insight on different, or it helps at least align the pieces. Like there's nothing better than feeling validated about the why you may react or have those feelings or interact with your reality and the world around you in a certain way, like validation sometimes can be so self-soothing and it's a right. Well, it's what yes. we all want. We all want to be validated and feel seen. And the, the best healthiest way to do that is to do that for yourself. And that's why I feel so passionate about putting this course together. Like it's going to be astrology under an hour. It's going to cost $98 to start. It's going to be super easy to follow. There's going to be like 10 minute. I know everyone's super busy. So there'll be like 10 minute little segments that you get to go through. And then you're going to be an expert at pulling your chart. You can pull your family members charts. You can pull your partner's charts. You can pull anyone's charts. And then as you will discover, like once you start looking at other people's charts, you're going to be like, I now understand why mom, I'll go back to my own mom, you get really angry and that you feel okay. And that I don't like, there's just a whole different lens of compassion that comes from understanding basic astrology. And I want that for everyone. Oh, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so much, Lauren. You're so welcome. It was great to connect with you today, Annette. So what do you think? Can the unique placement of the planets in our chart help define us and guide us? Is it possible that we can use the energy of the planets to heal ourselves and live out our true purpose? Let me know what you think by leaving a review or sending me a DM on Instagram at halfway.2.hippie.